In decades past, you opened a business, hung out your shingle, and the customers came. Today, hanging out your shingle means creating an engaging website. The modern consumer is using the internet to find businesses like yours. Are you positioned so you'll rise to the top of their search? Let the Radio Vermont Group Digital Services work with you to make sure you're visible online and to target your marketing to location, demographic, and interest. Learn more at rvgdigital.com. Hi there, it's Pat McDonald back with you at Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV. Just another quick shout out to thank Mike Smith. I know he's been inundated with requests for interviews, so I sincerely appreciate uh, not only him coming on the air, but coming into the studio. Uh, now joining me uh, is a really interesting guest, Naomi Hindell, who's the executive director of the North Branch Nature Center in Montpelier, Vermont. And Naomi's going to talk about the center, the new numerous events they put on and the nature programs that they have, plus a new adventure um, that I want to talk about, something for those who are disabled and have a little problem perhaps walking. So welcome to the show, Naomi. Thanks for being on. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, this is great. Very exciting. I must say, until I did the research, I had no idea how much you offer to folks uh, here in the Central Vermont area and all over the state, for that matter. So could you tell us a little bit about yourself and how long you've been the executive director of the North Branch Nature Center? Yeah, sure. Thanks. Um, my name is Naomi Heindel. I... Um, Let's see. I have been the executive director here for only a year and a half. Um, I joined the team in the spring of 2022, um, following in the footsteps of the founding executive director of North Branch Nature Center, Chip Darmstadt. Right. Um, and uh, and for me, that was a move home to Vermont. I grew up in the Champlain Valley in North Ferrisburg and um, was ready to bring my, my young family. I've got two young kids, so we were ready to come home to Vermont. Um so I live in, in Worcester now, and um, I'm really happy to have joined the team here at North Branch. I bet they love visiting mom at her office, don't they? They certainly do. <laughs> it's a, it's pretty nice to visit mom when your office also includes a nature center and trails and a playscape and exactly. all sorts of fun things going on. It's amazing. My dad works on a plant. wasn't so exciting. But anyway... Um, I just have to compliment you about your website, which is really the first thing I go to when I invite a guest on the show. And you've broken the website into four major sections, and I'd like to go through each one of these sections uh, with with the folks just to help them kind of navigate. Um, great pictures, great information, everything's spelled out so nicely. So there's four sections. One is about the North Branch itself uh, and about staff. Second is education. Third is the nature programs you offer. And fourth is the library. So let's just start with the North Branch section about um, the center um, and all the things that you offer through that section. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you head there, you'll find a lot about North Branch itself. So our mission of connecting people with the natural world. You'll find staff bios. We now have a year-round staff of um, 19, wow. um, which is really exciting. We expand a little bit in the summer, but that includes our administrative staff and our teacher naturalists and our forest preschool teachers. So um, it's fun to head there and see the great um, staff that, that we have here. 
Um, you can read about our 10 board members as well. We have a really dedicated um, and, and wonderful board, so I'm lucky in that regard. Um, and you can read about um, membership. We are a member-based organization, so... Um, if folks listening are not already members, you can take a look and see if you might like to join us as members. We have different levels of membership that come with different um, member perks throughout the year. Um, let's see, there's information there about our newsletters. We're about to um, send out our fall 2023 newsletter. We publish two paper newsletters per year, one in the spring and one in the fall, and they are chock full of great articles and photos and um, bits of news coming from the Nature Center this this fall one that's about to um, hit folks' mailboxes includes a really nice article about floodplains because uh-huh. floodplains are on our minds. <laughs> How a timely! Lot right now. <laughs> How timely, exactly. Um, you can also link to our strategic plan there. We're um, in the midst of a um, 2020 to 2024 strategic plan, and so you can take a look at what our current priorities are and also. Um, there's some progress updates, so you can check out over the past few years how we've done towards our, our strategic plan goals. We're making really good progress, and I'm really proud of the work that we've done there. You can also read about um, renting our our space. We do a lot of facility rentals in um, our big multi-purpose room. It's called the Maxim Room, um, and it's a newer addition to the Nature Center, and it's an absolutely wonderful space. So we have a lot of groups from different organizations holding their board meetings to families celebrating birthdays and weddings and all sorts of things um, coming in to to rent our space. and Naomi, and so how do you do that? Right on the web? Um, that you yeah, can you can head right to the website, and there's information there. And then ultimately, it's a phone call to our okay. wonderful office manager, M. Sloan. Give her a call, and we can figure out if we have um, availability on our schedule and, and work through all the details with you. Great. I think that's what I mean. I've what, been to yeah. all-day meetings, and... And you're in a, in a, you know, an office space and there's no place to walk to just get your head uh, sort of uh, unfogged. So what a great place to have a meeting to walk outside and be amongst nature and go back ready to work. That's a great, great yeah. uh, facility. Awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of the rentals will sort of spill outside and use yep. the porch or use the picnic tables or rent the tent when it's up. Um, Super. So that's all on there. Yeah. Um, This section of our website also includes um, a a note on our trails and the map of our trails. And um, very excitingly, our our trails and our trailhead have just changed a little bit. We just celebrated this past weekend um, a really special grand opening of two new trails at North Branch Nature Center. One is a universal access trail that is a um, third of a mile uh, loop around the community garden that is really, really beautiful and um, and accessible for uh, for folks of all abilities. Um, and then we also celebrated the opening of um, a nature connection trail, which follows eight new interpretive panels 
three of which are on the Universal Access Trail and then the rest of which are on our main perimeter trail. And they help interpret the landscape and um, invite folks to connect more deeply with what they're seeing and the history and the ecology and the culture here. I was very excited um, so about that. I was on the uh, on the radio last week and a friend of mine called up, uh, Kim Brittenham, and she mentioned the trails because she's very involved with independent living here in Montpelier. And what a great... What a great gift for them that they're able to walk if they've got some struggles with navigating routes and rocks and stuff that it's, I'm assuming, very flat and very easy to perhaps push a wheelchair, um, use canes. Thank you for that. It's really, um, it's really great. Yeah, thanks for thanks for that shout out to to Kim and um, Vermont Center for Independent Living. It was, it was great to have them join the yeah. celebration this past um, this past weekend. And yeah, it's it is really you know we we're on a floodplain as I mentioned, which <laughs> means that a lot of our land is flat. Right. Um, so and that's pretty rare in central Vermont. Um, so it was something that really seemed like it just fit so naturally with the landscape of the nature center. And we're really pleased to be able to have folks. Um, in wheelchairs or with walkers or with canes or with strollers yeah. or, um, oh, yes. um, you know, and all sorts of, all sorts of things be able to use that trail, um, and their families and their friends. So it has actually, it's been finished for, oh, maybe two months at this ah, point great. and it has seen a lot of use. Um, we, we absolutely love it. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's really important to us, um, to, um, continue to improve the nature center in terms of how it is accessible and how it is used and how it is welcoming to to everyone. Well, that's um, great. And so I, I think, we think know, this trail really helps. When I was researching, I didn't think about the flood. Were you did you have a lot of damage to uh to your land and that had to be repaired or or did you sort of escape some of the damage? Um, we did. We did have some damage, not nearly as much yeah. as other folks in Barrie and, and Montpelier. Yeah, so terrible. we're certainly still thinking about those that haven't haven't reopened yet, um, or whose homes were you know yep. destroyed. Um, because we're a floodplain, we did we did flood right up to the hundred year flood mark. So about oh. half of our land flooded, um, and we had you know rivers in our trails and minnows and snapping turtles and. Um, <laughs> Ah. That was uh, that was really the the land of the of North Ranch Nature Center doing exactly what it what it should do. But we did have some damage. Our we have a farm road that wraps around one corner of the property, and that was completely washed out. Oh. And the community garden here was really inundated with water and with um, with silt and debris and and mud. And one of our oh. outdoor classrooms was as well. Um, but our buildings were were safe there above the floodplain, so we were lo- really lucky in that regard. Um, we did have to cancel a week of programming. We actually were able to run summer camp a few of those days, which was so great nice. for families that were mucking out or supporting, you know, their friends and neighbors. Um, but we did cancel, cancel a couple of days of summer camp as well as a full week of a, an educator institute. Yeah, we were running, sadly, so. a good reason, Naomi. We've just been talking about the website, which is fabulous, by the way, and you should go check it out. Uh, it's got, it's into three sections. Um, 
the first, uh, actually four, sorry. The first we just talked about, about the center itself. And I'd like to move on to the second, um, which is called education. And that's broken into three sections, early childhood, youth, and adult. And Naomi, if you could lead us through those three sections and what kind of programs um, you have and how they're geared towards that specific age group. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, we do a lot of different types of programmings here at North Branch Nature Center. So in early childhood, um, we run a full-time, fully licensed forest preschool here at the Nature Center. Um, So it is um, housed in a a renovated barn here at the Nature Center. It's a really wonderful, cozy space. And those children and their teachers spend the vast majority of the day outside at the Nature Center in in the woods, in the fields, uh, by the river. Um, So that's a really wonderful program. Um, And then we offer as well uh, what we call Robin's Nest Nature Playgroup, which is a free drop-in playgroup for really little kids, um, infant to five-year-old and their their caregivers, parents or grandparents or whoever they may be with to come. Um, It's once a week for most of the year and they come and play and get a taste for for outdoor nature-based early childhood education with us. That's actually happening right now as we're on the radio. That's great. um, (laughs) I'm sure they're enjoying the sun and the playscape right now. Um, Our youth education is a big component of what we do. Um, Our flagship program is Educating Children Outdoors or ECO. And we are currently embedded, our teacher naturalists are embedded in 13 area public schools um, where they visit the same students and the same teachers in the same outdoor spaces, um, uh, usually every week or or every other week. Um, And they're just bringing bringing learning outside into the, often the the town forests or other open spaces right around the, the school and doing that in collaboration with the classroom teachers, which make the learning really um, translatable back into the classroom. Um, So that's something that we're really, really proud of doing. We reach a lot of students um, in, in that way. Um, and then we also offer after-school programs, a homeschool program, which is sort of eco, but here at North Branch once a week, and then our really popular summer camps, um, which we offer every summer. So those are a lot of our youth programs. And then something that really sets us apart from other organizations is that we do a lot of adult education as well. Um, so we do natural history programs um, on all sorts of topics. Uh, we do just had a really um, great weekend focused on um, mushrooms uh, with all sorts of mushroom walks and talks and experiences. Um, In the summer, we offer um, teacher workshops, educator institutes for area teachers to come get sort of a primer in the eco model and learn about taking their um, their students outside as part of the, the school day. Um, and then Biodiversity University, our, our intensive weekend classes on, um, on various nature topics. Uh, those could be on native pollinators or, or on ferns. This summer we did one on old growth forests. Um, so there were some really exciting topics that we, that we cover there. 
that's really that's really awesome. Thank you for doing it for us grown-ups because um I I was so interested in some of them that you offered. I was looking through this pages and pages of offerings and it's just very impressive. Could you talk about a special one that's coming up this Sunday, October 8th, which I will be attending? Yes, absolutely. We're really excited to um, to host Melanie Kahn, who is the author of Mason Goes Mushrooming, um, which is a new children's book about um, about mushroom mushrooming, and it's very um, very Vermont based. Um, and we will be going on a little mushroom meander through the woods to forage for some from for some mushrooms and. Um, reading the book and then um, families, well, this is a family friendly event. So folks will That's be great. able to touch and smell and learn, learn about mushrooms. Well, so we're as, excited to, to host that. As my listeners know, I've had Melanie on twice, uh, once about a year ago when the book was introduced to everybody. And then just uh, last week, uh, cause she wanted folks to know that she would be at Shelburne Farms and also at the uh, North Branch. And um, I've never met her. So I'm bringing my book to have her sign it. And, um, I don't know any recipe I have that doesn't have mushrooms or cheese in it, one of the two. So I'm very excited uh, for that program. I hope it's uh, it's a lot of folks, and um, they'll be, they'll be, she'll be cooking and um, celebrating mushrooms. What a deal. So thank what you. What a deal. I think it'll be really tasty. I think so, too. She And, of course, you know, she has a... a a restaurant down in Brattleboro, I believe, so I'm going to head down there one of these days, too. Um, and... Um, and uh, just you have a fung is it fungi you you have a, a fungi sort of program about as you just mentioned about all the different mushrooms there are it's some you shouldn't eat people so be careful when you're out there because um there are some you probably should stay away from but many you can eat and enjoy and i think that's really great so um the third um, pro- the section you have in your uh, website is called Nature Programs, and there are so many. It was hard to kind of lump together. You've got a section on natural history programs, community science, and then online learning, which uh, I think after COVID, people are very comfortable with online learning, and I'm sure you've got a lot of uh, people interested in and joining you online, but you've included, I've looked at nat, about being a naturalist, birding, fungi, uh, owl banding, which you have several programs on that, the amphibians, songbirds, Christmas bird count, and et cetera, et cetera. Could you, I mean, good luck talking about that in the time we have left. <laughs> We're going to have to take yeah. a break in three minutes, but uh, we'll continue afterwards. Okay, sounds good. Maybe I'll start just by talking about um, owl banding, which is one of our community science programs, and that is going on um, right now. Month in the month of October is when the Sawat owls, um, the northern Sawat owls, migrate from um, further north in Canada down to the, the Appalachian Mountains, and um, and so they are here. They are here in the woods, um, and so we have a few different public owl banding demonstrations on the calendar that folks can go and check out. Um, there are spots left. So if you're interested in um, in seeing a, an owl 
um, in person. Hopefully, if, if we catch one that night, you never know. But it's a really, really powerful Fun. experience and a, a neat thing that we do um, is the Sawa Owl Banding. Yeah, there we have one in our in the woods in our backyard, and that thing is loud and lets you know he or she is there. It's really when I'm out walking the dog, and even the dog perks her perks her ears up and goes, "Ooh, what's that?" Um, so it's really cool that they're around us, and they're beautiful. Besides, so yeah, we have a lot of different owls in Vermont, and the the sawwet you you rarely see. So the the um, coming to a, a North Branch Nature Center banding um, night is a great chance to see these um, really special creatures. That's really great. Um, so within the next five minutes, maybe we could talk about a birding, which is pretty close to owling, but the birding. Um, what what are all those programs about? That you have so many of them, I didn't list them. You have songbirds and. Sure. Yeah, we do a lot of different birding um, activities from um, in the in the fall and the spring and a bit in the summer. We have weekly birding outings, um, some here at the Nature Center and some throughout central Vermont, led by a North Branch birding guide. And it's a really casual way to um, to go birding. It could be for folks that are new to birding. It could be for folks that have been birding all their lives. But you head out with a group and and see what you see. So that's that's um, some of the birding that we do. And then we also lead um, some birding and wildlife trips um, all over the world, actually, through our really? Adventures Afar program. Where, where do you go? That's that's exciting. We had a lot of exciting places. Some are closer to home, um, Cape Cod or, or Cape May, or sometimes we do um, much more regional trips, say, to the Champlain Valley right. and to go birding there. But we also have trips to Costa Rica and to Japan. Um, we're actually doing a trip to Panama this winter that is for teens. So if any of your listeners have a teen in their life that's interested and um, going birding with us and great. Um, perhaps getting excited about the natural world that way, we, we lead trips, yeah, really everywhere. Can I, uh, this is going to be a very naive, maybe bordering on stupid, but when you're bird counting, how accurate is that? I, I don't understand. I honestly don't understand how it works and how you can get a sense of how many birds are there and what kinds. How, how does that work? Do you know? Yeah, I mean, it really depends on the type of count that you're doing. Um, so that sounds like a, a silly answer, but that that was not that was not a silly question that you asked. <laughs> um, sometimes when you're counting birds, you're counting species. So if you see one robin, you you know that's one. If you see another robin, that doesn't count again, um, right? You're just counting right, the, species the species that you right. see. Yeah, sometimes you're counting individuals, so you're trying to count how many birds, and it could be that you see 15 robins, and that gets 15 counts. So it really depends on what you're what you're counting, why you're counting, if it's going into some database, if it's not. So, for example, our owl banding research. We're recording, um, we're recording the size, the weight, whether the owl is male or female, um, an approximation of the age. Huh. Um, and then if it has, if it already has been banded, we're, we're recording the, the band on its, on its legs so we can get a sense of where it's been traveling. And then that goes into a big database that is shared with other birding stations. Um, so it, yeah, it, it depends on what you're, what you're counting as part I of. I, I, the only thing I've ever done is, uh, with a group that 
Brian uh, Brian Pfeiffer led around the Berlin Pond, and we were looking at all the birds around the pond. That was that was pretty interesting. I just couldn't in my head figure out what that inf- how that would be integrated with all the other information that was being collected around the state. And um, I guess it's it's compared year to year. If you see that one, Robin, that's a good thing. If you don't, that's that's not a good thing. So. Um, I, I just it's it's interesting. Thank you. I didn't realize there were different types of of counting, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A great example of that that you know will be coming up soon is the Christmas bird count, yep. um, which is something that has been going on for a really, really long time. Um, and so we we host um, some of the Central Vermont um, Christmas bird counts, and so if there's interest in joining us you can read about that on our on our website and um and join us for um counting birds on christmas which is happening you know across the country at that point Naomi, could we talk um one of the sections you have um is called community science and i'd love to have you talk about what's what's in those programs and um how you involve the community yeah, sure. So the um, owl banding that I talked about is one great example of community science. It gets folks involved in the um, the science that's going on around us to understand and protect Vermont's biodiversity and, and ecology. Um, and one part that I didn't mention about that is that folks can um, can volunteer and, and learn how to um, band the owls oh, themselves. Oh, what um, fun! Which is which is really neat. Another. Um, Another great program that we do um, that is a, a spring program is amphibian conservation. Um, we have an amphibian road crossing program. <laughs> so in the in the spring, um, salamanders are, are crossing a lot of our roadways, especially throughout rural Vermont, to get to vernal pools. Um, and... Um, and so they often um, they often don't make it across the the road. Um, so we have volunteers that spread out across the state at the places that um, have been identified as amphibian crossing spots and help the help the salamander cross the road. Um, so that's really really fun and a really exciting thing. And that is a, an example of um, community science that really makes a, a difference. Which is the whole hope. This is this is you know connecting with the natural world, but it's it's also making a difference in in conservation in our state because the data that come from amphibian road crossing programs that we run um, can can then inform road planning and construction planning and town planning Great. and really help um, amphibians with their with their habitat. So um, those are some examples. And then a third that's really exciting. We've already talked a lot about mushrooms, but we'll talk about mushrooms some more. We um, are adding a um, fungi of Vermont program to our community science. Um, there's not really a before this a statewide project on um, like fungal diversity and conservation in the state um, but this is an initiative to document and and further study all of the diverse macrofungi here um, so if folks are interested about um, in, in any of these head to our website and and get in touch and um, come come join our group of community scientists that's good I have to tell you we have a program where I live on Vine Street in Berlin, uh, twice a year there are these huge snapping turtles that come from 
the woods across the street, cross over and go to my neighbor's pond to set up for the summer. And whenever we see them, we stop and help them cross the street because we don't want to have anything happen to them. Um, and, and we're out there helping them, escorting them across the road. And again, when they go back uh, in the wintertime um, to go back and dig themselves into the mud across across the road. So, um and this one of them, the the grandpappy of them all, is bigger than my husband's uh, baseball cap. I took a picture of one and put it on Facebook next to his hat, and he far outshone the hat. It was just an enormous and sort of scary uh, snapping turtle. You have to be careful how you hold those things. Um, but anyway, that's just something we we do as uh, on our street. So sure, yeah. Thankfully, the the salamanders aren't quite as ferocious. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you could, you know, you could easily help. Um, yep. You know, a, a hundred or or more salamanders in a night. Um, you know, head to their their vernal pools where That's where they'll be laying their eggs. And they're so cute. Anyway, I wouldn't mind picking them up. The snapping turtles, another story altogether. Um, but that's really great. And I know there's, there's like frogs do the same thing and like a whole group of them cross the road. And there's, I remember reading some articles about that where people, and when I worked in transportation, we actually built, um, for larger animals like uh, bear and stuff, um, a tunnel under Route 4 so they could get across safely, which I thought, good thinking. I thought because yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's good for the animals and also your car, um, which could mm-hmm. end sadly for both. So that's really cool. Too bad we don't have salamander crossings. That's kind of cute. Well, that's what that's what our volunteers are doing. Yeah, we don't often think about you know migration of these much smaller animals and much smaller distances, but amphibians are are migrating from from where they're spending the the winter higher yeah. up to to vernal pools that are lower down. So it is a really important time in their in their lives and and a, a you know a, a, an example of volunteers making a really big difference. That's great. Well, it's nice to know that you. Uh, I'm sure you have a lot of volunteers, and I bet they came to help you after the flood, um, because uh, well, you talked about mud. Barry understood the definition of mud. It was just unbelievable. Uh, the mud yes, that was, absolutely. was incredible. So I'm looking at my list here of birds and stuff. Could you talk a little bit about songbirds? Because I love them. I, who doesn't? Can you talk about who, what songbirds are here in Vermont and what you, what you do to inform people about our songbirds? Yeah, probably the um, the best thing that that we do currently is we offer these um, Friday weekly um, birding outings, um, in which folks come come see who who's here and <laughs> and who is passing through, um, and what what habitat they like. We do some of those here at North Branch Nature Center, as you mentioned. We do some at Berlin Pond, mm-hmm. um, Waterbury, Waterbury Reservoir. We have a couple other other places that we that we do that. Um, and we have a couple folks on staff, um, not including me, to be perfectly honest, who are <laughs> avid birders. Um, and so um, if folks are interested in in songbirds or other types of birds, I'd encourage you to take a look at our calendar and see what sort of bird outings we're, we're offering. Um, uh, and it really will depend. It'll depend on the season for migratory birds, and um, and depend on what we're offering at the time. But yeah, there's a lot of exciting, um, exciting stuff. We are not currently um, banding songbirds right now. The sawwit owls are the is the banding that we're doing. That's good. We have a a blue heron 
who, uh, when he or she is migrating, uh, they stop off at the pond next door and they stay with us for a couple of days way high up in the trees and then they take off uh, south and they do the same on their way back uh, up north and it's just so cool to see them come back every year twice, um, going and coming and you know, we get a big kick out of out of watching them, um, and they. I, I, I'm always so glad because I I would be worried if we didn't see them, that something had happened to them because I'm, I don't know where they fly off to, but I bet it's quite a ways away. So it's it's just I'd love to learn about them. Yeah, birding is a great intro to the natural world for a lot of folks. Um, we do a lot of birding with our uh, with our eco groups that I was talking about, where we're in public schools and we've done birding um, with our forest preschoolers and um, now with our universal access trail we can offer birding for folks that um, aren't able to go on a birding walk but could still go on a birding outing. Um, We've done some stationary birding where you just um, stay put. We've done slow birding workshops Um, so there's a lot of um, different ways that folks can get involved if that is of interest. It's very exciting. I hope uh, people are paying attention because I'm thinking of a few things I would be interested in. That's really great. Can you talk about your library and um, how people have access to uh, what's included? We have about two minutes for a break, and uh, maybe we'll, um, we can continue that on the discussion on the other end of the break as well. Sure, absolutely. We have a nature-based lending library here at the Nature Center um, with over 2,000 books or, wow. or more, um, and they range from, um, you know, bird guides, speaking of birds, to children's books on the natural world, to um, all, all sorts of books about um um, about ecology and nature and um, and everything in between. So um, folks can come um, just enjoy the books in our library. It's a really lovely space to to grab a book and um, and curl up for a little bit. Um, and um, and then the it is a lending library for our members. Um, so members can check out a book from our our catalog and take it on a trip or take it home and bring it back and get another one, just like a, a any other library work, um, work. So um, it is a, a member perk to be able to use those books. We also um, sometimes take some book donations if folks have their own um, nature library that you're looking to downsize, though ours is filling up, so we are getting pickier. Um, and then sometimes we hold book sales as well, nice. and, and often the, the proceeds from the book sales we will use to purchase na- nature-themed books by black, indigenous, um, and people of color authors to diversify our, our collection. Um, so it's a really neat part of the Nature Center. That's really that's really great. Um, how can one become a member, um, Naomi, online? I'm assuming. Yeah, head to our website and you'll see a join or support um, button. You can click there and and it'll sort of head you in two different ways. One is to become a member, um, and there are different levels of membership. Our base membership is fifty dollars a year, um, but it's also a sliding scale, so folks can take a look at that and and see what they're able to pay. Um, and there are different perks for our different levels of membership. 
membership and different involvement in the Nature Center. And then at the same place, um, folks can also make a donation to the Nature Center. We are an independent nonprofit, um, and so we rely on community support to do all that we do. That's great. I didn't realize, I didn't realize you were um, member supported, which is really uh, great. So thank you for that, and thank you to your members for providing such an opportunity for all of us in this area. Um, can I talk about puppy dogs, Naomi? I, are they not, or are they welcome at the center? Absolutely. Dogs are welcome oh. on leash on our trails, um, and... Um, uh, but we we can't have dogs in our buildings. Um, okay. Part of part of which is because we have a, a school. Um, and yes, we do ask folks to to leash them because we Great. are a, a nature center. Excellent. Trying to protect the wildlife. Um, anyway, let's um, talk about all of the events. I don't. I didn't count the pages, but good grief! Um, this must keep you all very busy. There's quite a bit. If you've got a, a little person, a bit of on the robin's nest uh, program about those about the young people. Um, so check it. Check it out if you've got a young person, because that's so exciting. Um, and what a great place for young people to learn! Right smack out in the middle of it all. But one that I was particularly interested in was it's called Winter with the Cree. And it's how you emerge in the indigenous culture of northern Quebec. Um, could you talk about that, Naomi? I don't know if, if you've attended it or know much about it. Who teaches it? What it's all about? Yeah, absolutely. That's actually a trip that I'm leading this winter. A trip. Um, and it is part of our Adventure Afar, Adventures Afar series, which are trips that we lead um, both locally and all over the world to connect people with the natural world. Um, and this is a 10-day trip to northern Quebec. Um, so our indigenous First, Na- First Nations neighbors to the north are the James Bay Cree. Um, and this is an area that I have traveled in extensively and researched extensively and and worked in, um, and we have a really special opportunity to have an immersive winter experience there uh, at the winter camp of a Cree family. Um, these are um, elders and, and guides in the community that do a lot of um, a lot of the traditional hunting and fishing and, and trapping and, and living on the land of, um, of the James Bay Cree. So we will be um, with a small group uh, of intrepid travelers heading north um, to, yeah, immerse ourselves in this um, in this community to be at this camp. Um, and I'm really, really excited to to head head up there. Um, I'm co-leading it with a, a friend and colleague, Hans Carlson, who's the executive director of the Blue Hill Heritage Trust in um, in Blue Hill, Maine. And we're really looking forward to heading up. We, we do have a few spots left. So if there are folks who are interested in exploring the natural world and really a whole new light in, um, in seeing the boreal forest in the winter, in snowshoeing, um, then... Um, yeah, let me know and and come come join us this winter. Oh, that just sounds so fabulous. I I have a, a friend of mine who's the um, uh, chief in the Nogahian here Nogahian tribe here in Vermont, and he's coming on the show on the twenty fourth. Don Stevens, and um, through him, I've learned an awful lot about the uh, indigenous uh, people, um, uh, both here in in New England and in. Uh, um, in Canada, so I I really 
I really am jealous, I think is the word I'm stretching for. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I hope people will take you up on that trip. Um, how did you get involved and interested in the Cree and in um, the indigenous people in general? How did that come about? Yeah, for me, it started as a teenager. Um, I had the opportunity to go on some um, wilderness canoe trips in ah. northern Quebec. It is an area of really amazing rivers and lakes, and I started paddling those um, when I was a teenager and um, and then continued to lead canoe trips there um, through college and, and after college, and, and in that process got really interested in both the ecology and the culture of the land around me. Um, So not just as a place to adventure through, but as a place to find out about. And that led me to connecting with the the Cree who have called that land home for thousands of years and learning about the issues there. And how wonderful that one of the the Cree family will open up their home to to you and to uh, the folks you bring with you. That's that's really great. I love it. Yeah, it's it's really wonderful. It's um, the, our guides are Anna and David Bosom on this trip, and they they run um, a a Cree cultural outfitting ah. um, business from their from their camp, and they are incredibly skilled, incredibly warm, and wonderful. And I'm looking forward to seeing them. That's really great. Good for you. I hope people are listening. Um, how do you get from here to there? I'm just wondering what kind of transportation. <laughs> Probably you you drive. Ah, you drive. Good. That's actually. Part of the experience is driving. It's about 12 hours Ooh. to the north. Um, this area we call it Northern Quebec, but that's really just um, the southern part portion of Northern Quebec. It's boreal boreal forest there, and the drive from Vermont over the border and then up through through the mountains through the the valley around Lac Saint John, and then yep. further north. It's really a, a, an amazing drive, getting to see the landscape and the culture change as as you go. That's great. Must be a stopover somewhere, or do you go straight through? I've done it both ways, and the better way is to do it with a stopover. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm right with you on that. So, one. yeah, we'll be stopping on the way up, and and on the way back, we'll actually be stopping in Quebec City to oh, nice. to celebrate a little bit and have a nice have a nice uh, dinner out on our way back. Though. That's great. I went to a, a conference in Quebec City, and oh, what a city that is! It's amazing. It's just so beautiful. The food, the people, the 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 whole atmosphere up there is just old Quebec. It's just fabulous. What it I, is, yeah. It it is, and it's really it feel, it feels really special and really different when you have spent a week further north, and uh, you know, in, in a win, in a traditional winter camp, to then emerge into oh. you know, French-speaking Quebec is is yep. very different. So it really it really helps connect it for folks from New England to understand how we are connected through land, through resource use, um, through history, through culture to um, to this place. So yeah, it's it's, it's actually a real privilege to be able to. Um, to be able to drive to a really thriving um, indigenous community. That's great. Very nice. I, I really welcome, I would welcome the opportunity to go, if only. Um, so um, I know you have many other programs. We only have about five minutes left. Um, are there one or two that just stick out with you, uh, stick out that are very popular, that um, most of your membership uh, would um, participate in that come to mind? 
Sure. I mean, you've already mentioned um, the Robin's Nest Nature Play Group, but that does happen every week, and we always love seeing new <laughs> new families to those. Um, so that one comes to mind. Um, another one that I really that I really love is our um, our eco homeschool. So mm-hmm. that is our weekly homeschool group um, that comes here to the nature center. And I love that because those kids just grow up here. They get to really yes. know um, this place really well. And, and so that's really um, that's really fun and exciting. We do have some spots still open in that coming up. Um, I also wanted to mention that we have a, an art gallery Ooh. here that um, is a, a rotating exhibit of local artists. And at the moment, to talk about mushrooms one more time, <laughs> it is a, a mushroom-themed art show um, featuring work of more than 30 different artists. Awesome. So I would definitely encourage folks to come check that out. There are paintings and prints and sculptures and textiles. It's really, really amazing. Are any so, for sale? I see that. They are for sale, oh, and some of the proceeds does come to the, the Nature Center. Wonderful. So come check out the, the art show. And then the last one that I'll mention, um, just because it's something that I'm facilitating, is that we um, we are cooking up a climate change-focused um, book club for the winter. Um, in the winter, we tend to do some things that are a little more indoor-focused. So we have our Naturalist Journeys um, lecture series, which we've been doing for more than 20 years, and we'll soon be re- releasing a really exciting lineup um, for this winter. Um, that is also going to be climate change-focused. And then in, di- in addition to that, um, I'm co-leading, along with another um, North Branch Nature Center staff member, a, a climate change-focused book club. Um, so we're going to be reading excerpts from all We Can Save, which is a new and, um, and really powerful and exciting book about um, solutions for the climate um, crisis that we're in. So I would encourage folks to check those out once they are up on the website. That is really great. Uh, Naomi Hendel, thank you so much for being on the show. I am very excited, very excited to come on Sunday uh, to uh, participate in the mushroom, Mason Goes Mushrooming uh, extravaganza. Um, and we will have Naomi back. Um, take advantage of all that's being offered there. I really encourage you to go to the website. Uh, this is Pat McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV. WDEV.